Hello, folks. Welcome to Nevertheless, She Existed. This is your co-host, Kylie Holloway, flying solo today to bring you just a little bonus episode. Now, this episode is to prime your ears and your hearts and minds for our upcoming live show at Caveat on September 19th. Now, the theme of this show is going to be Women of the Wild West. We have an amazing lineup. We have a guest host, Solange Azor. It's going to be fantastic. But I just want to give you a little sneak peek. So buckle up. We're going to hear a story of women on the Oregon Trail. This one's for the ladies. Okay, so women on the Oregon Trail have sort of been silenced by history. We don't hear their stories very often. We're fed these bullshit narratives about Oregon Trail ladies. One is the stoic backbone of the family. There's a historian named Emerson Howe who described pioneer women as the chief figure of the American West, the figure of the ages, the gaunt and sad-faced woman sitting on the front seat of the wagon, following her lord where he might lead. What? We see these haggard, leather-faced bitches sitting on the fronts of wagon holding buffalo dung. Or we hear stories of sexy damsels in distress, remnants of the women in dime store novels, like the novel about Esther Morse, a beautiful white rose who is captured by Black Eagle, a Native American, then rescued by another Native American named Aseo, who turns out to be a white man in disguise. So it's okay when they fall in love. I know the 1800s were terrible for everyone everyone. So the Oregon Trail was sort of a weird conundrum for 1800s society. It was expected that a woman's place is in the home, but what happens when you take her out of the home? What the hell is her job then? While on the trail, her job was to do whatever needed doing because the need to survive tends to push the boundaries of gender roles. So women often did masculine jobs like steering the mules, yoking the oxen, even hunting, and her role expanded to include more than cooking and cleaning. So let's course correct a little and talk about a bad bitch who is a survivor, ladylike behavior be damned. This woman's name is Tabitha Moffat Brown. She was a woman who came out of the womb, 75 years old and already a ghost. Look up a picture of her. She's incredible. Now, when she's 66 years old, she convinces her family to leave Missouri and join her son in Oregon Territory. She sets off with her brother-in-law, two adult children, and their families. And progress is slow going, so they arrive in Fort Hall, Idaho in August of 1846. There they meet a man named Jesse Applegate who claimed to have found a shortcut called the Applegate Trail. They pay him to guide them through the shortcut, but they wake up one morning in Cow Creek Canyon and the bitch is gone. He abandons them and they're fucked. The family is hit with early floods and their wagon train is devastated. Out of one of hundreds of wagons on the train, only one survives. And Tabitha and her brother-in-law, a man named Captain Brown, are separated from the group. So Tabitha steps the hell up. She deems her brother-in-law too old and feeble to render any assistance and then decides to ride ahead on her own. Guys, I got lost on a hike once and I was fully sobbing after five minutes of trying to find the trail. I went full castaway, all right? But this bitch did not have time for tears. She drafted her signature catchphrase, through all my sufferings in crossing the plains, I had not once sought relief by shedding tears. She didn't have one tear to give to the trail, quote, that would later inspire many pop hits like No Tears Left to Cry. Ariana Grande, Western historian. 
She rides ahead to the nearest fort, and just a reminder, she is 66 years old at this point. She shakes out what she thought was a pebble in her boot, and it turns out to be a quarter-cent piece. She uses that money to buy sewing needles, trades her extra few pieces of clothing for hide and fur, sews some gloves, sells them for about $30, uses that money to buy food, and rides back with the team, saves her family! And then she's not done. She settles in Forest Grove, Oregon, and spends the last of her money on purchasing a schoolhouse. She opens the first school for orphans of the trail, and the school eventually becomes Pacific University. We know all this because, like many women, she wrote down her experiences in her diary. Most of what we know from trail life comes from women's writing, so it's ridiculous that we should have this one-dimensional representation as the obedient, haggard damsels of the trail. So if you feel like crying in response to any of this, just leave that to the men and, I don't know, burn your skirts instead. Check out our live podcast recording, Woman of the Wild West, on September 19th, right here at Caveat. It's going to be at 7 p.m. It's going to be a blast. Bring your saddle. Nevertheless, She Existed is produced by me, Kylie Holloway. Our editor is the fabulous Paula Pickering, and our executive producers are Ben Lilly and Kate Downey. They're fabulous, too. Our theme music is Wasting My Time by Thick. Nevertheless, She Existed is a production of Caveat. Follow us on socials at CaveatNYC and head to our website, caveat.nyc, to see upcoming podcasts as well as live events. You can follow Molly at Molly Gaby and Kylie at There's a Holloway. See you next time. <laughs>